Welcome to the Red Letters Podcast. In this podcast, we explore topics that can be life-transforming while delivering a message of hope. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. Today, we have the topic of the fear of God, whether it's good or bad. I know a lot of times people could go to the extreme. Today, we're going to discuss the topic and hopefully bring a little bit of light to the subject. You know, I know a lot of times, in for, for me, I grew up in a religious uh, setting, you know, and grew up just having to go, forced to kind of go to church. And I know that that kind of triggered me having a fear of God, probably in an unhealthy way as I look back, because every time I stepped into a church, I was always fearful of what's going to happen because you'd hear stories and stuff like that. But then as I grew in my relationship with God, I realized that there's actually a healthy fear of God. Uh. One of the first things that I thought about was um, the Garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. how Adam and Eve had a relationship with God. Everything was going so well. Everything was beautiful. But was once they sinned, Mm -hmm. shame kicked in. So then they felt the need to hide from this person that they were in a loving relationship with. Right. And I just was thinking about that. When we do have a fear of God, sometimes because maybe we might have shame that we don't want to bring to the light or something that we don't want to be exposed or uncovered. So we know that there's a a fear of God that keeps us from coming to him because the guilty conscience, whatever it is, or the conviction keeps us from wanting to step in and, and, and resolve the, that issue so that we could get healed, get mm-hmm. forgiveness, and end up crossing over to have that healthy fear of God. Because in Proverbs, I believe it says that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Yes. So really, we everything kind of pivots on us having a healthy fear of God because then it's actually... You could almost call it a filter. If you use that filter going through life, there's certain things you'll do now and certain things you won't do now mm-hmm. because part of your foundation is I have an awe of God. Mm-hmm. I have a fear of God that I don't want to cross that line and be God's enemy. Right. Not that you are, but we tend to see ourselves that way once we cross that line of being obedient. Yes. And I, I'm glad that you brought up the Garden of Eden, Tony, because... I I know a long time ago, Felipe mentioned this. When God comes into the garden, he says, Adam, where are you? But he wasn't asking physically. God knows everything. Mm -hmm. And still to the day, I think it's interesting because people hide their shame. They hide their mistakes. They hide their fears from God. And he knows everything. And when that question, that impacted me so much when Felipe said that. That was the first time that I had heard that. It's like, where are you? He wasn't talking about physically. What happened to our connection? What happened to our relationship? What happened to what we knew of each other that now you're hiding that from me or you're hiding from me? And God's not going to judge us but know that he already knows. Like you're over there hiding and thinking, well, if I don't tell anybody, well, I'd, I'd rather you tell somebody and just come up, come clean with God, because mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day, that's who really matters. That's so good. I want to share that scripture. You were, um, well, actually, there's several sev- several scriptures in Proverbs that talks about the fear of the Lord, but this one in particular, Proverbs one seven says, "Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline." So it kind of goes along with what you were talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, lack of discipline, lack of, you know, wisdom, meaning that I I, just reading this, I'm thinking of, you know, we think about 
it goes back to faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The right. word of God is the truth. It's the foundation on how we as people need to live. It helps us with everyday life, but then brings discipline as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but as far as the fear is, I think that good godly fear comes with knowing who God is. Right. It's not the fear of like, oh my God, the fear of like, let's say somebody humanly who has a father who abuses them right. and beats them. That's not who God is. No. God is not a God of, you know, uh, of of that kind of injustice. Injustice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I actually think that's great that you said that, uh, Ida, because of parents. Mm-hmm. Because if we, there's also a verse in the Bible that talks about if your parent, if your earthly parent wouldn't give you, trick you with a snake, yeah, I believe yeah, yeah, it says that, yeah. how much more would God do? But if we think of it, if we think of God that way, if we think of our parents, so I as a parent would not unjustly hurt my child. I wouldn't just punish him just to punish him. I do want him to have structure and discipline, but I believe that that's why we need to have that healthy fear of God to mm-hmm. know who he is. So we stay in line, if you will. Yeah, if yeah. we're not over here trying to do what we want to do, because that's what I want to be doing. We just like our children, they are children, you know, they'll think twice before taking our car and just taking off. Why? Because they know I know mom's going to be mad. We're not going to hurt our child. We're just, I think with God, the discipline comes itself. Like we punish ourselves when we disobey God and when we don't fear him. Mm -hmm. That's my belief. Well, not only that, I think God gave us not really a a platform, but he gave us um, an idea of how he operates as a father Mm -hmm. by our natural father. Because our natural father most of the time their role is to have a position where they have a their kids have a healthy fear of their father right and it's mm-hmm. supposed to kind of be that way because it like you said it's like a guardrail in life it'll keep you from thinking you know like long time ago they used to have the wwjd what would jesus do oh, yeah. well a lot of times okay what's my dad gonna say mm-hmm. if i get caught right. you know and i've he- heard a lot of different people where they would avoid certain situations because they had that fear of their dad and what they're going to do, that they're going to get disciplined more from their father than they would the police right? or whatever the, the law is. I think that that uh, the role of a natural father kind of sets the stage on how we see our, our, our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. So that healthy fear has to be seen in our lives, but we just got to not have it be motivated out of shame and guilt and condemnation. Mm -hmm. I think we just need to realize who he is that, you know, a lot of times we don't really see it this way because we don't physically see God, but he holds our next breath in his hand. Right. And just that in itself, it's kind of sobering because we really don't have control of all the things we think we have control over. Right, yeah. So when we really give God that throne or that stage in our lives that he is everything and without him, I know I can't do the next thing I have to do today. Mm-hmm. That's why they even say, well, don't even say what you're going to do tomorrow because right. everything's in his, his hands. His hands, That's yeah. why they say, Lord willing, you know, tomorrow we do this. Right. So I think, you know, just having a, the right perspective of God will actually help you make better decisions, better choices. It'll help you in your relationships because you'll know how to navigate through them because God can speak to you. And as you grow your relationship with him and not look at God as, I don't know if you want to say he's like a casual daddy in the sky kind of thing. Yeah. You know, there has to be some kind of healthy fear attached to him to give him the respect that he that's due him mm-hmm. because he's not, he's not 
ready to throw a lightning bolt at you or, you know, drop the hammer on you. But just who he is in itself should cause us to have a fear of him. Right. Yes, that's so true. You know, I hear this a lot. We're living in a fatherless nation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So these children, these, and and you know what? Not just the children. I want to talk. I hope that somebody in a prison somewhere is listening to this because far too often men end up and and if we think about it, it it's if you think of who is in these prisons it's typically a minority so what happened to them do you think that that fear of god isn't in them or that fear of a father isn't in them because i would i would want that individual that's in that in that cell or or lost or in addiction or whatever that they would know the love of the father that the, the hell, that having fear of him is real because if you had the fear of him, you wouldn't be in that situation. If you truly believe who God is, you would not be in that situation. If you're sitting there, well, I, it's too late for me. I'm already here. Like I'm already that bad father, for example. I'm already that addictive father. I've left my family. I'm in prison. There is no value in me. That's not true because God didn't make mistakes and God didn't He didn't just create you to be wasting your life in a prison or in addiction or not being that father you're supposed to be or that man that he called you to be. What would you say to that guy, Tony? Because I know that um, from your past, you've you've talked about your father Mm -hmm. being absent, but you you your children are here your wife is here you turned out to be a great man um so speaking to a fatherless nation for that individual who's lost in addiction and and i say uh fatherless nation but i'm also speaking to the women who are mm-hmm. in, incarcerated who are feel hopeless you know that father was never there for me mm-hmm. that now you want to you know look at the situation that i'm in i've done so much bad how can a, any father forgive me or where was that father what would you say to that individual okay Actually, can I say something real quick? It takes me back to, uh, I remember a while back, I was listening to Miles Monroe, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about family and the foundation of families and things like that. And he was talking about how the enemy will work so hard to take out the father of a family, because Mm -hmm. if he can take the father out, then he's taken out the children and everybody. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know, if we go back to the beginning in the garden, you know, how the enemy deceived and basically made... Adam and Eve believe a lie right. and stole their identity, mm-hmm. right? And having that sinful nature also that's bound within us. I think over the years, because we have still that, pos- you know, we can go back to that sinful nature, mm-hmm. right? I really believe that to go back, because I was trying to put in words what I was saying earlier about uh-huh. the verse and stuff like that. And I was really thinking about it because I just didn't want to say anything. But I think that, that, that fear of God, it, it's like a, a, a rudder, right? Mm-hmm. Did I say a rudder that yeah. guides that guides a boat? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. And, and that rudder, let's say, directs us always like if we turn left, it's going to go left. If we turn right, it's going to go right. But mm-hmm. I don't. maybe the boat's not the right analogy to use yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. But, but knowing that we have, that we're human, right, and that it's easy for us to go backwards, mm-hmm. I believe that... The Lord set this foundation for us, right? Mm-hmm. Giving us his word. Yes. Giving us his truth and and giving us the tools that we need to seek out him, his wisdom, right? right? Because mm-hmm. it guides us, it teaches yes. us to do what's right and what's just exactly. in his sight. Mm-hmm. He's looking for children that will be obedient, 
Mm -hmm. right? That will choose to do right. It's not that he wants the worst for us because the reason I stopped and I kind of took that pause earlier and I don't know if I'm going all over the place was because I'm going through the Old Testament and I hear God always, you know, people and a lot of people even I've met will say, well, why did God do this? And why did God do that? Mm -hmm. Right. In the Old Testament where, you know, if you did wrong, he pretty much, I'm going to annihilate all these, I'm going to annihilate all you people who are doing evil, Mm -hmm. right? Even the ones that used to worship me, I'm going to do away with them. But then he, he gives them the warning, but he gives them opportunity to turn from their sins and they come back to him. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and having the fear of the Lord it brings humility. It brings honor, right? Yeah. It brings under. It brings. It gives you wisdom to make the right choices to do what's right and just, because it only leads you to a better path in life. Exactly. God's trying to keep you from having a miserable life. You know, mm-hmm. we complain so much. You know, God. You know, why is like why is this happening to me, or why yeah. am I going through this? And and you think about it. Sometimes a lot of the choices we make in life, it's not always the devil. No. A lot of it's us mm-hmm. because of our pride and because of our nature. Yep. Because mm-hmm. if you go back and look throughout all history, the heart of man mm-hmm. was never after God's own heart. Right. It wasn't. It was always me. Mm-hmm. What's good for me? What can I do? What what do I feel like doing? Mm-hmm. You know, do I feel like picking up a joint, smoking it? Right. It all started with a, jo- a, a choice. Yes. Right. Even the garden, it was a choice. She was deceived. She mm-hmm. she already had all the benefits. She knew who she was. She was already she was made in God's image. Adam was made in God's image. But here the enemy comes and says, "No, you know what? You'll be like God." Yeah. When they had everything. And to me, it's like, it's a good thing to have that fear because it's, it, it guides you right. in the right path. Mm-hmm. It guides you. You can't go wrong, mm-hmm. you know, doing what's right. And I look back at King Josiah, I shared with you guys earlier in a conversation, reading about King Josiah, and, and he, you know, he says that there's never been a king like King Josiah because he, he went and when he realized how when he i guess when it was habakkuk who who found the found the scroll not no it wasn't habakkuk i'm sorry wrong person i can't pronounce his name but one of the prophets had found the scrolls that were missing and they were the laws that were given to moses regarding mm-hmm. you know for for them to follow and when they were given to josiah just it says josiah ripped off his clothes and he threw himself on the floor and he began interceding and praying to god but what that did to him is when he realized oh my God, you know, we've been so disobedient. It was like it exposed everything and anything in him that made him, okay, you know what? I'm going to change and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something about this Lord. And he realized obeying and doing what was right only gave him a better path, a better life, Yes, you know? And instead of, because God had told him, I'm going to destroy everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And everything that's evil and everything's wrong, but I'm not going to do it until you die. Yeah. Because he went throughout all the cities of Judah and outside and destroyed every t- every false idol, everything and anything that was evil before the Lord and what people had done that angered him. Mm-hmm. And he made it right. And he lived right. And he chose to live right. And he made all the people, you know, to do the same thing, to submit to God and, and, and lead them in the right path. And right. what happened? They had nothing but good things happen to them. And I think that when we can step back and realize that, you know what, being obedient and seeking wisdom 
right? And not being a fool, Mm -hmm. right? And doing what's right and desiring to do what's right is only going to lead to good things. Right. It's going to lead to prosperity. It's mm-hmm. going to lead to to covering your kids and your family and your home. Mm-hmm. It, all God wants is us to come and call him father. Right. To look to him as the 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 father, right? That loves us unconditionally that over, that has so much mercy and patience with us, but he's just waiting mm-hmm. for us to make the right decision. And the fear of the Lord, when you turn your eyes on God and seek his heart with all your heart and your mind and your soul, and you seek his word out and you seek to do what's right and pleasing to him, that's true fear. That's yeah. that's a good fear. Mm-hmm. That's a, a joyful fear, right? It, it's not supposed to scare you. It's not supposed to do anything because God only wants the best for us. Right. But he knows our hearts better than we know ourselves because we all have pride within us. Mm-hmm. We don't. We won't admit it, right? Because we don't see it as pride. We just see it as, oh, this is happening to me. This is happening to me. But look at our attitudes relating to that circumstance or that situation. Right. But we do have the power to change. We do have the capability. We have the giftings within us, but it's a choice. And you have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. You know? But anyways, I just had to say that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, one thing that you had mentioned about the humbling ourselves. Uh, to the person in prison that didn't have the authority in their life and just didn't care and didn't have no fear of anybody. I think what I would probably tell that person is to get submit to somebody in authority because mm-hmm. there's a protection that that comes with submitting to somebody that can speak into your life. Because when you are an authority into yourself, you won't have a fear of God, no way, shape, or form, because you became a God to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think that that person that doesn't have the authority figure in their life, find a relative, find some somebody that, that's in some kind of authority or you'll even place him in a place of authority to speak into your life and say the things that you might not want to hear, but that's going to help you be a better person, make better choices mm-hmm. because it's healthy. There's a safety being under somebody uh, in authority. Right. That's so good. And I, I would also add this, for individuals who don't know or, or haven't grown up with anybody speaking about God to them, mm. so they don't even know how to submit to authority, mm. I yeah. believe. Um, if you've never heard who God is or what, or what he can do, you don't, I don't think you have that understanding or that comprehension of what it is to submit to anything because that individual in your life made themselves your God. Uh, um, that's how I believe it. And I'm talking because I'm saying this because some of the kids that I have worked with, uh, in the um, juvenile hall will say, I don't care. I don't care. And they, they mean it. Like I will go and steal, I will go and, um, well, what is it when you, it's not hijack, like hit a, a old lady and steal her purse and walk. Mugger? I, uh, yeah, mugger. burglar, mugger. mugger. Yeah. I think that's oh, no, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have no fear of it. And then you sit back and you wonder how, because not all of us are, I, I'm going to use a bad term here. Not all of us are so far gone that we don't see that that's wrong. But the reason I'm saying this is because some of these kids grew into that life. So you grow into that life where your mom steals and your dad deals drugs, right? So who do they fear? They don't fear anybody. They they believe that they are their own God. And that's why that's where I was going earlier today. Um, I'm sorry, earlier in the message, earlier in the podcast. For that person that feels like 
this is who I've been all my life. Like this is this is just who I am. If I'm 80 or if I'm 20 and I'm sitting in prison, or if I'm you know that person that's an addict, this is who every this is what everyone in my life has. Everyone in my life or bloodline has done. We're drug addicts or we're dealers or we're whatever we are, but we just don't know. We don't have that. We don't know who this God is. Mm-hmm. I would challenge you. I would challenge you if, like Ida said, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, that you would try something else. Try, give God a chance. Like, actually seek Him. And if some of you may be saying, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. That means get down on your knees and then you say, God, if you're there, just just touch me. God, if you're there, I want to feel you. God, someone somehow is going to give you a message to whatever you're speaking about and however you're calling out to him. And it's not, it may not be God himself standing right next to you, but through somebody, you are going to hear God's voice. And that's going to cause something because I, I've said it before, but I do not believe that God created us to be a mess. And I don't believe that God created us to put us out here by ourselves. Mm -hmm. He is constantly talking to us. We're just not listening Mm -hmm. to him. Or we have drowned out his voice because the voice that is here talking to us all the time, the people that believe they are our gods, that voice has become stronger and louder. So they've drowned out God's voice. So I would challenge you for those people that feel there is no worth in me. There is no value. Look at how old I am. Look at all the mistakes I've made. Mm -hmm. Go to that place, seek God, seek God, and you're going to see that you're going to find him because he's already been there. And if you look back and you see what you've survived in life and what you have gotten away with, Mm -hmm. God has always been there. So it's looking back and saying, you know what, I'm going to give God a chance. Not not this person, not that Mm -hmm. individual. I'm going to give God a chance because we have seen in her testimonies where people have been um, in gangs, if you will. And they're out and they're living these these good lives. They're okay. They may not have all that money and all the status, but they're happy. They're peaceful. That's God. That's God. Not worried about going to prison because you're doing something else and hanging around, hanging out with the wrong people. That's God. So if you're looking for that peace and you want that, I just want to be able to be okay wherever I'm going, not having to look behind my back, then walk with God. That's what I would encourage that individual that's out there that's lost, that I've never heard about God. Well, you're hearing about him today. And tune in because we have more to say. <laughs> and and one, one thing that I wanted to kind of throw out there, sometimes you you think about the young person or if you're that young person listening or older person that you feel like, hey, I, I handle my own business. I don't need mm-hmm. to fear God, any of that. Can I suggest that possibly your heart just got so numb through life that you don't yep. want to tap into your feelings again? Mm-hmm. Because that can keep you from stepping in and having a relationship with God because your heart's so numb, it's calloused, mm-hmm. you know, that that that's why you don't have the fear. And to have fear of nothing, you know, it's I think it's actually a sad place to be in life yes. because then you don't have that protection. You don't have that, those, uh, those uh, what do you call it? safety nets in your life that could turn around and help you and be, you know, a place of peace, a place, a place of safety, mm-hmm. because you choose to live in your numbness and your callous life. I want to say that there's a motive behind every young person or even adult that thinks that way, because I, I feel like every single one of us, even me, when I wasn't saved or, you know, wasn't serving God, even through that time when my heart was bitter and hard and I pretty much didn't care either. And I did things that 
I didn't care if I got in trouble or something Mm -hmm. bad happened, but there was moments in my life where I can go back and think and say, you know, you know, I wish I had a family or I wish I had a dad like that or a mom like that. And there was desires that I had deep inside of me. And that was really who I was inside of me. I was that Mm -hmm. good person wanting a daughter who wanted to have that good family, Mm -hmm. you know, and to not want to do what I was doing here because I knew what I was doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and there was motives behind my, my doing what I was doing, you know, and a lot of it was with the root of it was my heart, yeah, you know, and how I grew up in the environment that I grew up in. But there was always that little part of me that I believe that every one of us has this void Mm -hmm. that can only be filled with God. Yes. And so to me, you know, we all have that. And and you can't tell me, I don't care how hardcore you are or what you've done, even if you've committed murder, there's always that there's moments where you're by yourself and you're thinking about things that you desire that are good Mm -hmm. because there's still a good person in there, but it's just, okay, you're not, you're, you're not putting down your pride or even sitting back and thinking about, okay, what's my motive? Why am I behaving like this? Why am I feeling like this? What caused me to feel this way? Because I didn't think about those things growing up. I didn't, it didn't dawn on me until just recently within the last two years of what caused my manic depression in the past. Mm -hmm. There was a root to that. And the Lord revealed that to me. But back then I wouldn't have acknowledged it and I wouldn't have realized it, right? But it was me turning my life around, choosing, being sick and tired of being sick and tired that I chose to seek God and change my life, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think that everybody has those moments where they think of, I I wish I had this or I wish I had that, you know? But they won't admit it to you Mm -hmm. because then, especially if you're in a group, especially young people, if in their group, you want to be the tough person. You don't want yeah. people looking down on you and thinking, oh, you're weak, you're a wimp, you know, because you're going to have those bullies in those groups. Mm-hmm. But deep down in those in those hearts of the bullies, and I think actually Gio, he had shared a testimony with me, uh-huh. and he's a good, that testimony hit me because I thought about it. It was a bully at camp. You remember when you told me about that and I had sent you a letter? Every parent was mm-hmm. supposed to write a letter to their child in, in sixth grade camp. Oh. And I didn't know he was being bullied. Oh. And... He had told me that he was reading his letter, and I guess the bully was sitting across from him. Was it at a, at a, a bench or something yeah. like that? And he says, "What's that?" You know, and and he ended up reading my letter, I guess. And he ended up sharing, turning around, mm-hmm. and it it touched his heart so much that he ended up sharing with Geo things that he desired and that he didn't have. Oh. And this bully ended up becoming your friend. Yeah and turned around. And so it was a good, and maybe one day we could share that, you know, and talk about it more because there is a heart to every bully. Yes. I know it sounds crazy, but Mm. it's just, maybe it takes the right person at the right time, God's Mm. timing for them to, you know, turn around. Yeah. And and they have their moment, but I don't know. I just thought I'd share that. That was good. So we thank you all for listening. Um, this was a little, I like this topic. <laughs> it was kind of challenging. But we thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Uh, we can't wait to speak to you next week. Thank you. Bye.